So basically the way PACE works is that you have to have a state pass enabling legislation to allow a private company to be able to ask the local government to place a special assessment on their property to access this kind of financing, which is very favorable for these kind of measures or improvements. Welcome to Smart Energy Voices, an SED podcast featuring conversations with leaders of the energy transition hosted by Smart Energy Decisions' own Deborah Channel. In each episode of Smart Energy Voices, Deborah digs deep with industry movers and shakers to reveal insights you can learn from in their stories, personalities, and visions for the future. All right, let's dive in. Hi, everyone. I'm Deborah Channel. Welcome back to Smart Energy Voices. If you've been enjoying our podcast, please take a couple of minutes to review us on iTunes with that five-star rating that I hope we deserve, because we'd greatly appreciate it. On today's episode, we're joined by Abby Johnson. Abby is president of both Abacus Property Solutions and the Virginia Pace Authority, and she's winner of the 2023 WISE Award, that's Women in Smart Energy, as an industry veteran. And I want to read a comment from one of our WISE Award judges. They said in reviewing Abby's nomination, these initiatives often start with recognizing that there's a pre-existing issue and a dire need to find a solution. The next step is to find a leader who could be courageous and bold enough to step up to the plate. What better way to answer the call than a wise woman like Abigail Johnson to become the proud founder of the Virginia Pace Authority for Greater Commercial Property Industry? So she's really double dipping here, president of two organizations and We have a lot to talk about, so let me start by welcoming Abby Johnson. So good to have you with us today. Good to be here. So let's start again with this WISE Award for 2023 in the category of industry veteran. And your work going back that far is with Abacus Property, and that segued into your work with Pace Authority. So I want to start with Pace. As the founder, let's start with a description of that organization, what it does and what you do there. Sure. So the Virginia Pace Authority is a 501c3 that we founded in 2019 to specifically administer Pace programs in the state of Virginia for the Commonwealth of Virginia. And this was done because we believe that it was important to have a nonprofit interact with local governments and the state government because of the transparency that you have with that type of organization. And it was also kind of the culmination of years of work in the Pace industry through Abacus where I saw a real need for to step up, as you said earlier, and really create an entity that would manage the state. Okay. So let's start. As we'll say that you're a superhero today. We want your origin story. So tell us how you started with Abacus and how that did lead into the formation of Virginia Pace. So thanks for that. So, you know, I originally was an architect years back in Europe and, and Italy specifically. And I recall being really struck by the intersection between kind of the public partnership model and then when I moved back to the States, I ended up working in commercial real estate and did some work that was related, I think, to clean energy or energy efficiency, but not to the extent I really wanted to to explore that and to expand that. And so I, I got involved actually in PACE, which stands for Property Assessed Clean Energy. It's a type of financing that's pretty innovative and one of my real estate clients needed help and said, well, you're the green person. I said, sure. Sure. What is it? And I had heard of PACE, but I hadn't, it was pretty early on. This is like 2012, 2013. So it was still a really burgeoning industry. And so I helped them really expand in different markets around the country 
more as capital providers, but also we helped set up programs because they didn't exist. So basically, we created the market in which to play, so to speak. And I would say that you know what's unique about PACE is that it really allows for really long, very preferable financing for a wide range of energy efficiency and renewable energy and other clean energy improvements. But it does involve a little government in that it is actually a special assessment secured against the property that's actually requested by the property owner. So we can dig into that more later. But basically, because of that public-private partnership, it was a really good fit to kind of broaden the experience throughout the states and then kind of focus on the mid-Atlantic where I am today. Abby, let's dig a little bit more into the actual PACE model. It's an interesting financial tool, among other things. So tell us a little bit more about that. Sure. So. As I mentioned, PACE stands for Property Assessed Clean Energy. It's a type of financing that allows for private building owners to use private capital, but they're obtaining a very high advantageous type of capital because it actually is secured as a special assessment on the property. So this mechanism where the public side, the local government, agrees to make this voluntary kind of financing a special assessment gives the property owner access to 30 years of fixed rate financing that has no personal guarantees and that allows for this broad range of measures. So that is where the public-private partnership comes in. And it's something that you know is really advantageous, but there is some education that needs to go along with explaining the process of both qualifying from the program standpoint, which is what we do, to also qualifying the loan from the capital provider standpoint. So we all work closely together, but it is something that, you know, takes sometimes a little bit more education than the typical commercial real estate loan. So based on what you just said, the landscape at that point when you started for clean energy financing, well, there wasn't much of one. Didn't seem like there was a lot there. So what were your initial goals? You know, where did you start? So basically the way PACE works is that you have to have a state pass enabling legislation to allow a private company to be able to ask the local government to place a special assessment on their property to access this kind of financing, which is very favorable for these kind of measures or improvements. So the state has to pass it. So a lot of time was spent really working with states like Texas and Florida and Virginia. And it's like a list of like nine or 10 where we were, I was involved in getting legislation passed and amended at the state level. And then you look at where Existing organizations were already active in trying to get it working at the local level because you also need a local ordinance to be passed to allow it to basically have the local government allow the assessment. So it was kind of like start, you know, top down state, then local government. So that's how I got involved, really Florida, Texas, Illinois, the mid-Atlantic, a few states out west, Pacific Northwest. That's how we started. And then it's been really... uh, Exponential growth in the industry, really starting in 2015, as organizations within all of these different states would, you know, locality by locality, jurisdiction by jurisdiction, get PACE enabled. So it started out very small, but now we have, I think it's 37 states that have PACE available at the state level and maybe 28 states or so-ish that have active programs, maybe more. It changes every day. So that's where we are now. But it was been a great growth pattern in the last seven, eight years. And what types of projects are you looking to fund? You know, when clean energy is pretty broad, what are these properties really looking for? That's a really good question. So I'd say also initially, this program was really focused on the retrofit market. There's still retrofit projects, existing buildings that have old equipment, 
which can range from a wide variety of energy efficiency measures like HVAC, lighting, water, things like that, to all sorts of renewables such as you know, solar, wind, geothermal, CHP, etc. Also, PACE allows for, in many, at least in our states, in Virginia and Maryland and five or six others, resiliency measures. So this is really important when you think about hurricanes or flooding events or storm issues. So that's something that can play into, of course, renewables with things like, you know, solar plus storage and in terms of backup for nursing homes, things like that. But it also allows for just the ability to make sure your asset is going to be around, frankly, in 10, 20 years. And so commercial building owners are looking for it from a standpoint of making their building more green and more efficient from both the policy standpoint as well as the economic standpoint. But there's also measures you can do in PACE that really help make sure that their lenders for their senior mortgage or their insurance companies are comfortable that their assets going to be protected over the medium to long term. So PACE really provides a really wide range of benefits like that. Also, in our state, we can do environmental remediation, also in Maryland as well, so both states, and stormwater management. So things like pervious pavement and French drains and green roofs, these things are all eligible. So I think in terms of measure-wise, it's very broad, and we really look to qualify as much as we can based on the quality of the project. I would say the shift in terms of the kind of construction has gone from retrofit market to new construction or gut rehab simply because in PACE, you have to get the consent of the senior lender. And that's easier to do if you're all at the same table discussing the project and what capital needs there are for the project. So we've seen a lot of new construction projects, the largest ones, I think the largest is like 120 million. And that was a new construction project out West. Okay. That's pretty extensive. It's great to hear. So I want to follow up on something you just said. So you're working with both government entities and private companies, that public-private partnership. It's hard enough dealing with one side or the other, but dealing with them both is a lot. So I want to know what your basic approach is for each, and are you using the same skill set on both sides, or does it take different types of management? That's a really good question. I might add there's actually more than two that we deal with. It's kind of a three-legged stool because we have the government entities who we work with to enable the legislation, both at the state level and the local level. We also have the property owners. I mean, they're private companies, both of them, but they're different kind of food groups, property owners who have their own sets of needs about what they want to do with their property and how PACE can help them. And then we have the capital providers who also, you know, they're really bringing the projects often, but we they have a certain kind of timeline that is definitely very different than the government timeline. So it's been interesting to work with all these different types of entities. But I would say that from a standpoint of getting PACE off the ground, government entities and those who work there, they're awesome people. I have to say, I really enjoy working with them. Their timelines are much slower than I'm used to from being in the private sector. And there's also a lot of need to confirm and reconfirm that what they're doing is going to be acceptable. So there's a, some of a risk aversion that I've noted within the way just in general around the country. Government entities have worked, some are more, some are less. Private entities, they want to close yesterday. And so it's pretty amusing sometimes when they're waiting to like, is it going to be in this county? I and mean, we'll do a lot of work and get enabled. They're like, well, the project's not around now. I'm like, okay, great. Let's tell the government we don't have the project anymore. And then a week later, no, it's back again. We have to close three days. I'm like, you got to get the government entity to have time to review it. So it's definitely an interesting orchestration. I feel like a conductor sometimes. 
That's a good metaphor. I was going to go with juggling, but orchestration is good too. Oh, we'll do that too. Juggling conductor? There you go. Oh, that's a skill. Okay. All right. So let's go back to when you first founded Virginia Pace. What were some of the early wins that you had that let you know you're on the right track? And conversely, what were some of the barriers? Yes, I would say that you know the early wins, particularly for a call of VPA, Virginia Pace Authority, was the fact, of course, we competed for and won a bunch of RFPs for local government contracts, and we won the one for the state. So that's certainly from a standpoint of being able to be the entity that's looked to run PACE throughout the state has been a win, for sure. Getting local governments to enable PACE has been absolutely critical because you can't play there unless it's enabled. So imagine you have a property owner with properties throughout Northern Virginia. So Fairfax County, Alexandria, Loudoun County, but it's only available in Alexandria. Well, for them strategically, they're not going to consider a product that's only available in like one place. So getting groups of localities or jurisdictions to, you know, in the same area, all enabled has been really critical. So we consider that a win. Our barrier is like just getting the project alignment and closing projects aligned with what's enabled. So we've had projects come and go probably, I don't know, at least 100 million of PACE projects that were in the pipeline for Richmond that are gone. And it's just taken the city a while to and change in staff to get it passed. It will pass probably this summer. The city, this is the capital of Virginia. But that kind of is, that's a barrier for sure, because those are the kind of things that, you know, would have also made our organization able to grow more quickly. So you get projects in, we get paid through projects. You get more projects in, you can hire more staff, you can really kind of blanket the state with outreach. Circle of life for an organization like yours, for sure. So even with the I don't want to use the word pace, but even with the pace of some of these projects and the stop and start aspect of it, what's the current status of the organization? How's Virginia Pace faring these days? Yeah, so I want to, if you don't mind, talk about three things. Pace, it's a general concept and around the country because we do work outside of the area. Two is Abacus, which runs Maryland and helps Virginia Pace Authority and then Virginia Pace Authority. So nationally, we're, Pace is doing very well. I would say that we're encouraged also locally because of the fact that, you know, during COVID for the programs that have been up and running a while, they actually benefited because the lending market had, was restrained and pulled back. The same now where, you know, this last year, the interest rates have been all over the place, which has made a lot of stop starts for new construction projects. But now that things have stabilized to some degree, we're seeing that pace cost or the loan pace interest rate anyway, and the terms are actually more favorable than senior. Senior debt. So that's making it actually, again, another go-to for a lot of developers in particular. So we're seeing in other states and also in Maryland where the program's much more mature. Definitely projects come around that may have not been around before because they would have gone to their local community bank. And now the community bank's like, we can't lend you 80% or 70%. So we need you to find a way to finance this through PACE as well. In Virginia, we are very encouraged by this kind of this trend. We're, you know, we're waiting to really have our market be activated, but definitely we think this next year we probably have 150 million in the pipeline. So if we can close 50, we'd be very happy just in terms of the kind of like the forward looking aspect of the organization. Okay. That's a lot. We wish you luck with that. And I want to backtrack a little. So you talked about, sounds like you have a good relationship or a working relationship with the mid-Atlantic PACE organizations with Maryland, obviously Virginia. You said there were PACE programs in 37 states. What's the interaction 
in terms of those programs and how they relate to each other? That's a very good question. So kind of two levels at the capital provider level. So right now, the way it works versus maybe the more general commercial real estate environment is that the capital providers tend to bring the PACE capital providers who are specialized in PACE financing. They bring the projects to different states. So I know most of them, it's you know, 20, 20, 30 maybe that are really, really active and maybe 20 of those nationally. And so we hear about different projects through them from up in other states. So we're kept up to speed, so to speak, on their terms and what the markets are like and what kind of projects are being funded. Like we're seeing more multifamily right now. We're seeing senior living, probably following the same trends as commercial real estate, honestly. So we talk at that level nationally with the capital providers. Then at the program level, we have Pace Nation, which is a national organization that, that manages Pace. So we have way to interact with our colleagues in other states who run programs that way. But we also have informal groups that meet monthly to talk about issues. Like how do you deal with billing and this kind of, or putting a second pace assessment on a property? I mean, it's not sexy, but it's important to be able to particularly interact with those organizations that have been around longer and have those kind of lessons learned to share with us. So it's been great. It's a very, it's a small industry. So we really tend to know each other really well. So that's very nice, actually. It's like a family, the Pace family is called that. That's great. That interaction is great because, of course, you know, I call it sometimes cheating off of someone else's paper, but it's really learning lessons from other people, sharing what you've learned. That's great. I didn't realize there was that much interaction between them, but that's really good to hear. So going forward, what's next for Virginia Pace? Yes. So in terms of our organizations, which are, you know, they're separate, Abacus and Virginia Pace Authority, but Abacus does consult for Virginia Pace. So I kind of use them sometimes interchangeably. I think we have a really good path forward. I think we're going to run the program to facilitate the financing of clean energy projects using Pace. What we really want to do, though, is that what we've seen a gap, particularly in Virginia, is between is helping the property owner or developer really see all the different kind of economic development incentives out there and having them all presented to them in a way that makes sense that they can use. So often you have projects that say it's an old hotel and they come to you to use PACE. Well, maybe they're using historic tax credits or maybe there's a industrial revitalization grant out there and, and us being able to have a database or some way to efficiently provide and help them obtain other kinds of incentives is really a goal we're looking forward to in the next three to five years to really provide that kind of central service of clean energy incentives and even economic development incentives in one place. For people in need of these services in the different areas, are you finding them? Are they finding you? How is the connection made? That's a very good point. So we do our own outreach in both states, Virginia even more because we're newer, we're younger. And so we go to jurisdictions to talk to them about why they have PACE. We talk to their economic development departments who may actually have projects that could use PACE. We do outreach to property owners, to contractors who would install the work. But they also find us through the capital providers who are out there marketing and are some of our state and local sponsors who have events. They're trying to promote it. So it is certainly something that's still relatively unknown. So I really appreciate you offering me the opportunity not just to talk about what I do and our organizations, but just the product as a whole, because it's something that there's just very few financial products that provide both energy efficiency and clean energy and resiliency and, you know, stormwater or things like that all in one package of financing. You know, you have energy service companies may do 
some of that, but to do kind of all the things that, that Pace does is very unique. So I hope people will keep using it and can call me. I hope so too. And we're happy to help you get the word out. It's really, it's a great organization. Pace is a great throughout the 37 areas that they're working. I hope people will take advantage of the services. And that is it for us today. I want to thank Abby Johnson, again, president of both Abacus Property Solutions and the Virginia Pace Authority and winner of the 2023 WISE Award. So thanks again for your time today. It was very interesting learning about this. And to our listeners, I want to say thank you again for engaging with our content and being part of the Smart Energy Decisions community. And once again, if you've enjoyed this episode, uh, I hope you'll subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and tell your colleagues and peers about it. People need to know about these organizations. And to learn about how you can become part of our next event, just visit our website, smartenergydecisions.com. We're very excited about being able to share these kind of conversations with leaders like Abby in the energy transition. We do that through our podcast, through our website, and at all our events, all in the interest of helping you make those smart energy decisions. Thanks for listening to Smart Energy Voices, an SED podcast. Digest the insights from today's episode and take action on the ideas that have inspired you. Join us every Friday for conversations with smart energy leaders. We also invite you to check out another SED podcast, Beyond the Meter. Each episode of Beyond the Meter features innovative energy projects and initiatives by large electric power users. To keep up to date with trends and happenings in the energy transition, visit smartenergydecisions.com to register for our daily newsletter and become part of the Smart Energy Decisions community.